everyone, welcome back to the Football Tribute Podcast. My name is Thomas Dunning and today I'm joined by my co-host, Pierce McLaughlin. Hello, Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast, we will de- we'll be reacting to last weekend's English Premier League and Scottish Cup results. Uh, we'll briefly discuss um, the massive Bundesliga match uh, last weekend between Bayern Leverkusen and Bayern Munich. Uh, we would also discuss um, the possibility of blue cards. And at the end of the podcast, Pierce will be given a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So uh, we'll just we'll start by um, reacting to last weekend's English Premier League results. So uh, on Saturday... So on Saturday, the 10th of February, the results were Manchester City 2, Everton 0, Liverpool 3, Burnley 1, uh, Wolves 0, Brentford 2, Tottenham 2, Brighton 1, Luton 1, Sheffield United 3, Fulham 3, Bournemouth 1, Nottingham Forest 2, Newcastle 3. And then on Sunday, the 11th of February, uh, there were two matches. That was West Ham 0, Arsenal 6, Aston Villa 1, Man United 2, and then yesterday, which was uh, Monday, the 12th of February, there was only one match, and that was Crystal Palace 1, Chelsea 3. So, Pierce, uh, which match um, excited you the most from last weekend? I know for me, there's two standout fixtures. Um, I think the, the biggest one, which I think is the standout fixture from the full weekend, has got to be West Ham United 0, Arsenal 6. Um, I don't think anyone would ever have envisaged that happening in terms of that scoreline because we associate uh, David Moyes' West Ham side as being quite solid at the back and dangerous from set pieces. And the half time they were four nothing down. I thought all the goals were superb. Um, and quite unlike his Arsenal goals are quite unlike Arsenal. Could you expect Arsenal to be free-flowing, passing the ball basically into the back of the net? But they were all kind of like set-pieces goals. You had Gabriel, you had uh, William Saliba scoring for two set-pieces for uh, former Hammer, uh, Declan Rice. Um, and then Declan Rice scored an absolute uh, stun on the second half, which you didn't celebrate. Um, but I'd definitely be celebrating that, regardless if it's your former side. But I think it just shows you the respect he has for the club. But I think obviously the main talking point for that game was like the majority of the the stadium, the home support was just it just left at half time, and I think you could hear the boys around the stadium. They're the ones that remain for David Moyes. I don't think the West Ham fans are too happy, but I do feel as if like the grass isn't always greener, um, because you see what happened the first time David Moyes left, they they nearly got relegated, um, he came back saved them. Got him in Europe, got him a European trophy. Um, and I think he's built a solid side. I think obviously he's got a poor running form at the moment, but I think with his experience and his know how so of the Premier League, I think he will be able to turn it around. And I think it just shows Arsenal are just they're in there for the title race and they mean business this season again. Um, and it just shows you like all the top sides and the top the top three you would say. All won this weekend and um, 
but no, that's a statement victory. Regardless if West Ham been a poor on the form, I don't think many people go to West Ham and win six 0 and it just shows you the the variety of the goals that Arsenal scoring and um no the real real title contenders for me, and then the other the other game has got to be um Aston Villa one Manchester United two. Again, I thought um Manchester United uh got an early lead um. But I think like Aston Villa just totally dominated that that match from start to finish. Um, Ollie Watkins at the heart of it. In another day, he could have had three or four goals. Um, most of his shots were kind of straight at Onana, um, who did position himself well and made a couple of good saves. Uh, most noticeably from uh, John McGinn's uh, powerful effort towards goal in the first half. Um, but I thought Aston Villa played really well, and he got sucker punched right at the end through. The super sub and the Scottish hero that is Scott McTominay. I don't, I don't know how many times he's going to come to the well and just save Manchester United. And long may that continue for uh, the Euros coming up in the summer. Um, because anytime he goes onto the party, he just seems as if he's in that box, he just knows he's going to score. And I don't know how many times like, Manchester United will keep bringing him off the bench because I, f- I feel as if like, it goes overlooked. Like someone like Bruno Fernandes, I, I just he doesn't really get that many goals or assists. And McTominay, that's his position, and you can see the many goals that he gets, and also an academy graduate, and I don't think it's a much love and appreciation. I think him and Harry Maguire, for me, have been how they've turned their fortunes around, because they look destined to leave in the summer for West Ham, and they're probably the two standout performers at the moment for Manchester United, as they've kind of started to pick up results and gain momentum in the Premier League, and uh, get aimed towards that top six, top four. And that's, that's the two standard fixtures for me this weekend in the Barkers Premier League. Yeah. Um, the matches are both my uh, standard matches as well. Uh, so just briefly starting with the West Ham now Arsenal six match. Uh, a match that I expected Arsenal to win, um, but I never thought that with Arsenal would win by six goals to nil. Because as you said, um, with a David Moyes team, you don't really see that often. Um you're especially at West Ham's home because they were at home as well. So that was a a really big significant result. Uh, more for Arsenal because I mean I said it last week after the Liverpool match, but they are well and truly now in this title race. Uh, you know, it's definitely going to be exciting. And uh, we're not at the end yet in terms of the running, but like it looks like now it's going to be between Arsenal and Liverpool and Man City, which is going to be really exciting. Um, you know, Declan Rice just had to score, didn't he? I mean it was such a good goal as well. Uh, you know, outside the box and he smashed out at the top corner. Uh, he got two assists on the day as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, it, just, it just went from bad to worse for West Ham uh, during the match. Uh, and David Moyes is, as you said, he is under, I'd say he's under pressure now because, you know, I, think, I don't think West Ham have won a league match since they beat Arsenal at home back in December. So, um. Things are pretty tough there at the moment. Uh, and David Moyes, you know, the fans, uh, they're not happy, as you just said. Uh, they think they should be getting uh, better at the players that they've got because they do have a lot of good players like Kudus, for example, and Jared Bowen, uh, just to name a few. But um, I think David Moyes, he, he kind of said something at the ga- after the game where he said that he would have to think about where he can fix it in terms of the West Ham problems. And I thought that was kind of you know, significant because, you know, usually managers would say that, you know, 
they'll they'll try and fix it and they'll do what they can to fix it. But the fact that he just it was the way he said it as well, just kind of suggested that you know, yes, kind of contemplating where you know he is, he should be the manager or not of West Ham. So that's that was quite an interesting quote. Um, but that was definitely the standout match in the weekend. Um, and then also Aston Villa won Man United two, a big big result for Man United. Um, because um, you know, it's just they've had a really tough season. Um, but that's now back to back wins I've got in the league two um away wins as well in a row. Uh, and to go to Aston Villa and win two one, and Aston Villa have been flying this season. Uh, it's pretty significant. You, you are right in terms of I I did find Aston Villa probably did deserve to win the match. I think they had the better chances in the game, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, they had quite a good few chances. Um, but Man United just kind of kept on going and at the end, Scott McTominay gets a winner. And as you just said, he is underappreciated. He's very underrated, in my opinion. Um, you know, he always seems to get uh, vital goals for Man United. I think he's just a, he's one of the top scorers this season uh, as well, which is kind of quite mad because he's not even in the first 11. He's a squad player at the moment. Um, but he just seems to pop up with these big goals for Man United all the time. You know, and scores a winner, scores a winner at the weekend. Um, so it does seem to think that uh, Man United have turned the corner uh, the last couple of weeks or so. Um, and yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of finish the season because uh, I don't think they will finish top four, but uh, I think they are going to try and fight for it, and they'll probably just about get close. But I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll have enough to make top four. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so that the, these were the two matches for me, um, and so we'll move on now to the Scottish Cup results, which were last week. So I'll briefly uh, just go through them. So on Friday, the ninth of February, we had one Scottish Cup match, which was Morton two, Motherwell um, one. Uh, on Saturday, the tenth of February, uh, the matches uh, were Aberdeen two, Bonnie Rig Rose nil, Inverness one. Hibs 3, Kilmarnock 2, Cove Rangers 0, Partick Thistle 2, Livingston 3, Rangers 2, Air United 0. And then on uh, Sunday, the 11th of February, we had two matches, which were St Mirren 0, Celtic 2, and Airdrie 1, Hearts 4. So, Beers, is there a match there that stands out to you? Again, I think we'll choose two matches. I think the first one I'll, I'll touch on will be the I think it's like the, the cup the cup shop from last weekend was uh Green at Morton two, um Motherwell one. Um I think Motherwell um had a a terrific victory last weekend, the previous weekend against Ross County in the Premier League where they won five goals to nil. Uh we touched on it last week's podcast, plus but it was a standout. And then they go to high fly Morton in the championship. And I think <laughs> they didn't cover themselves in glory defensively and I think Liam Kelly's taking a lot of this, the flack, um, especially for the two goals. Um, but I think like, you've got to credit uh, Dougie Emery's side. I think he's got them playing a, a nice brand of football and I think they des- I thought they deserved a victory. I thought they were they had some terrific football at times and um, they caused Murray all sorts of problems and you wouldn't be able to tell who's a championship side and who's a Premier League side. And that's a, an indictment to how well he's got that Morton side playing. And uh, the other the other result has got to be the Partick Thistle 2, Livingston 3. 
So, uh, Partick Thistle, again, I think um, the low league side is um, we're 2-0 up um, in the first half. And Livingston themselves this season, the SPL, are rooted to the bottom of the table, struggling to score goals. Defensively, they're all over the place. Um, it's just been a t difficult um, season for um, David Martindale at Livingston. But um, Joe Newbley managed to... Um, Turn the game around and it forced extra time, and then with the last kick of the game, um, the January signing, uh, Yenge, the big, the big six foot six <laughs> striker, managed to flick yeah. a header and get a an, an unlikely victory, um, which may be a catalyst for the season, Livingston, because they've not had too much to shout about, um, but they're in the hat for the next round, and I think that for me, um, it could kickstart the season. An unlikely survival, but stranger things have happened, and um, they're in the hat for the next round. And uh, yeah, so I think they two are the standout fixtures for me for the Scottish Cup. They two matches uh, for me as well were the um, the standout matches for me. Uh, the the match especially was the Partick Bristol two Livingston three match. Um, you know, I thought that was you know a brilliant match. Uh, you know, as you just said, Livingston scoring in the last minute of the game. Uh, the big the big six foot striker Yenge. They gets a winner for um Limston. Uh, but part of this will be kicking themselves because they were in the league that game. Um I think a couple of times in that game as well. So uh, they'll be kicking themselves and that was kind of an opportunity missed. And then Davy Martindale uh, might look at this match and think that this could hopefully for him kind of revitalize Limston's street season and hopefully they might take a bit of confidence from it. Uh, I don't know if that will happen, but uh, that was their first win. In quite a while as well, so yeah, that 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 match was definitely my standout match from the weekend, just in terms of uh, the kind of excitement from it. And then I also just want to briefly touch on the fact that Morton beat Murrowell, which was a shock of the of the of the round. Um, you know, uh, Morton, uh, they've been on a brilliant run in the last couple of months or so because they had really bad start to the season, um, but they've kind of picked it up, uh, and you know. They're on such a good run, and uh, you know, such a such a brilliant result for them uh, to beat Murrowell, who again have been in really good form. Uh, you know, they beat uh, Ross County in the last match five 0 so uh, that was quite a big shock because I did expect Murrowell to win that because just the fact that they turned it around their form. Um, but the fact that Morton won is quite a big shock. So, uh, yeah, they two are my two match standout matches on the weekend, uh, and the Scottish Cup will return. Uh, pretty soon, so when it does, we'll discuss the, the matches that were played the next round. Uh, so we just want to briefly touch on um, a bit of news that came out last week about the fact that uh, there could be an introduction into football uh, with um, blue cards. Uh, you know, it's quite a it, it kind of came out of the blue, it wasn't really, it wasn't really expected, but apparently that they're going to. They might be thinking about using uh, blue cards, which would mean that, uh, say a, a player fouled another player, then blue card would be shown, and then that would mean that you'd be a uh, sin bin for ten minutes, um, and then you'd come back on after that ten minute period was over. So I don't know. I just want to ask you about it, Pierce. Like, what do you think about it? Do you think it's a good idea, or do you think it's a bad idea? I think it's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> or, or a terrible idea. <laughs> I think it's a an absolute. 
travesty if it happens to football because we all have the passion and the the intensity and the pace of the game. I think this will just slow it down even further. And obviously you've seen recently with VR, you're getting 10 minutes added on at the end of the first half and then sometimes 20 minutes added on at the end of the game. Could end up being like a three, four hour uh, match for football. Um but turn into the NFL uh, at this rate. Um and obviously the you're sin binning a player for ten minutes, which again, you're leaving a team temporarily out of ten men. They cannot substitute that player. And then you're you're just sitting at the side waiting to get back on. And you're then expected to then get back up to the pace of the game. And the games are usually really high paced, high tempo and at the best of times it's really difficult for substitutes so to be down to 10 men for 10 minutes it's probably better than a sending off but for me it just overcomplicates things and apparently um, keepers can also be sin binned as well so they're not exempt from it so what happens if your, your keeper uh, shows dissent to the referee and he gives him a blue card <laughs> your keeper has to sit off outside for 10 minutes you got to put a centre back and goes. You can't even substitute the keeper off. So I think it, it's just overcomplicating things. I think you need to keep it simple. You either get booked, as yellow card. You get a warning. You get a yellow card. That you get sent off. I think that just makes it easier. And I think you can see the reaction from players, fans, pundits, and social media. I think they all share the same uh, point of view at the moment. And I think it's. I think it will be tested, but I think it shouldn't. Or if you're going to do it, you have to really simplify it and be crystal clear. But as you see, with your offside, nothing's crystal clear. Um, and sometimes it takes a long time for people to use it. But I think um, blue cards is not the way to go, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, I don't even know why it's blue as well. Like, uh, you know, I thought it'd be like, I, I don't know, like orange or something. Uh, it's just uh, I, I, the fact it's blue as well I just don't understand but anyway no I think it's a terrible idea because I, the main thing I just think about is the fact the amount of time wasting it with that because if you're going to get a player that gets a blue card they're off the, the pitch for 10 minutes that team that's down to 10 men are going to wait for 10 minutes and they're just going to waste as much time as possible until they get that player back on the pitch and that just ruins the spectacle of the match Um, I just think it's, it's, that, that was one of the that was one of the the kind of thoughts that first entered my mind about the blue card introduction, I, I just would hate it. And it's, you're right. I mean, like, I, I just think it's just overcomplicating things as well. You know, just stick to red cards and uh, yellow cards and, you know, just stick with that. I, even that's controversial at the moment because we don't even know what a red card is and we don't even know what a yellow card is. So what happens if it's a blue card? How can you get a blue card? Like, how does it, what rules do you, does it come on? Did you get a blue card? You know, it's just ridiculous. Um, because like, say you do get a blue card, then people might go, Oh no, I think that was a yellow card. And then people might say, No, I think it was a red card. So it would just cause so much. It would just cause so many arguments. And um, I think it's a terrible idea. And I really hope it, it doesn't uh, get introduced because um, I really do think it would ruin the spectacle um, when you're watching whatever match you're watching. So, yeah, I just wanted to briefly touch on that, but it's safe to say we both are, we both totally disagree with it. Um, so I just want to briefly just return to the results of last weekend. Uh, so I just wanted to touch on briefly the, the Bundesliga match between Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich. 
So the the two teams at the moment are kind of fighting for the Bundesliga title. Uh, and the match finished by Leverkusen three, uh, by Munich nil. So that that now means that Bayer Leverkusen are five points clear of Bayern Munich, um, and 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 Bayer Leverkusen are still unbeaten this season in the league. They haven't uh, lost a match yet. So, Piers, I just wanted to ask you about kind of Bayer Leverkusen, you know, and the season that they're having, and what did you think about the match as well? Um, I don't think I was. I don't think I was surprised. Um, but you're maybe hoping that. <laughs> A bit of magic from Harry Kane and Leroy Sane, Jamal Musiala would inspire Bayern to an unlikely victory. Um, because obviously they are the eleven time, eleven time winners of the Bundesliga in a row, and you expect them to go on and win it again, and you expect the wheels to come off of Bayern Leverkusen. But as you're seeing, it's it's actually uh, turmoil was actually quite happening in in Munich, whereas in Leverkusen it's just all rosy and it's. The wheels keep on turning, um, and I think they're playing some phenomenal football, and rightly so. Xabi Alonso has been tipped to take over Liverpool, potentially Bayern Munich or Real Madrid, um, whenever the the job opportunities come up. Because as you see, stock is on the rise. The brand of football it's free flowing, and the two main components of the side, if you watch the side, is um, Grimaldo on the left wing back, and also Jeremy Frimpong on the right wing back and both of them scored at the weekend. Um <laughs> and most of the strikers that they have are getting a lot of goals and assists. So there's goals from all over the park. There's constantly just they just want to attack, attack, attack. And it's just it's exciting to see and maybe to have another Bundesliga winner would be an exciting thing for the the German league. But maybe not an exciting thing for Harry Kane who made a massive move to try win a trophy and who knows if he could end up trophyless this season, and that's just something that he, he left Tottenham for. Um, so maybe he regrets that, but um, they're very much in the hunt for Europe. But in the Bundesliga, five points is a big, big gap at this at this stage of the season. And Leverkusen don't seem to sif, don't seem to be easing up anytime soon. And as you see, they're thoroughly deserved a victory. And yeah, I, th- I think they just. They excite me, um, and it's just a f- fantastic um performance and victory at the weekend. Yeah, uh, no, I totally agree. Um, I wasn't surprised to be honest the fact that Leverkusen won, because uh, I don't think Bayern Munich have been really like good this season. Um, but yeah, it's a total opposite for Bayern Leverkusen. They've just been amazing all season. Uh, you know the style of football that they play is really good. Um, you know, uh, they're they're two fullbacks. Grimaldo and Jeremy Frimpong have just been on fire. Uh, Jeremy Frimpong's a former Celtic player as well. Um, but Grimaldo, I think, has got I think it's 10 goals this season and he's a left back and then he's got about 6 assists. Uh, that could be the opposite way around but I mean, his numbers this season in terms of contributing to goals has just been amazing for a left back as well. It's, it's quite unheard of. Um, but they play such good football unit as well. Um, you know, Xabi Alonso's Getting all the headlines at the moment, it's quite obvious he's a, the kind of hot prospect in terms of young managers at the moment in Europe. Uh, and if they win the Bundesliga title, which let's be honest is now going to be likely that they are going to win it, um, you know, I, I think by Leverkusen are going to have a fight in their hands to kind of keep them, uh, especially with the obvious news that Jurgen Klopp leading Liverpool. So Liverpool will want a new manager, and 
with Shabby Alonso's links to Liverpool. You know, it just kind of looks like it's all written in the stars for Shabby Alonso to go to Liverpool. Um, but you never know, it might not happen, you don't know, but um, it does kind of look like that would happen. So uh, I just wanted to touch on that briefly, um, about the Bayer Leverkusen and the, the, the match at the weekend. And yeah, it does look like the Bayer Leverkusen are going to go on and win the Bundesliga this season. Uh, so we'll just briefly touch on uh, the Champions League matches that are playing this week. So the Champions League returns uh, after being away for a couple of months. So we're now into the last 16 of the Champions League. So uh, there'll be four matches played in the Champions League this week. And that is Copenhagen versus Man City. RB Leipzig versus Real Madrid. Uh, they two matches are playing tonight, which is um, at this at the time we're recording this is Tuesday 13th of February. So tomorrow, uh, Wednesday the 14th of February, the two matches that are getting played are Lazio versus Bayern Munich and PSG versus Real Sociedad. So Piers, I just want to ask you, is there a match there that stands out to you and that you're uh, most looking forward to? I think all the matches apart from the Man City game because I think we can completely <laughs> uh, yeah, write off Copenhagen. Um, no disrespect to Copenhagen, but I think Man City, with the fact is the players are getting back in the moment, they're just they're demolishing teams and I, I expect them to do the same. Although I'll be keeping a, a, a nice wee eye out for um, Scott McKenna, who's recently transferred to there, so good to see him getting minutes to the Champions League and obviously in the Danish League for the Euros up in the summer. But um, no, in terms of the Real Madrid Leipzig, um, Leipzig again have not been great this season. I think they've dropped off quite significantly. Um, Marco Rose hasn't been in the greatest of form for his side at the moment. Um, but as you see, Real Madrid are um, high flying and they've had an injury crisis this, this season, especially the back line. I don't know if you've seen their back line, but um, Cavahal's playing centre half alongside too many, and then you've got Lucas Vazquez, Trello Mendy at fullback, and obviously they've got Coutoir out until probably the semi final if if they make it that far because he's had a he'd done his ACL at the start of the season. So, but again, you go from strength to strength. Um, Bellum being the key component. Um, his season has just been absolutely tremendous. I don't think anyone would have envisaged it being as successful as it is. And obviously they beat Girona at the weekend as well, so they'll be in confident spirits. Top of the Bundesliga, eh, top of La Liga, and um, you expect them to beat uh, Leipzig in Germany. I think Lazio Bayern will be a really close one. Bayern will be wanting to get that victory, it's in in terms of you get that defeat out of the way as soon as possible. And Lazio will be a tough test because they've had some significant victories, most notably against Celtic. Um, in the group stage and obviously Atletico Madrid as well so um, no they'll be, a t- they'll be a tough nut to crack um, I expect goals in that and I think it'll be quite high scoring as well um, and obviously the PSG Real Sociedad I think you expect PSG to win but for me it's quite a a nice wee meeting in terms of PSG you've got Lee King in and then Real Sociedad you've got Takafiso Kubo so that's a nice wee love interest there into, on Valentine's Day, South Korea and Japan, uh, we match up there, so it'll be quite quite interesting to see. Um, but no, all four matches, I think it'll be exciting to see, and it's good to have the Champions League back, and that, that's when for me real football starts. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Um, the match that stands out to me the most uh, that I'm most looking forward to is the RB Leipzig 
uh, Real Madrid match from this week in the Champions League. Um, I just think, uh, you know, RB Leipzig, they're top in the Liga side. You know, they haven't been amazing this season, but they're still kind of fighting for that kind of Champions League play season in the Bundesliga. And Real Madrid, who got a really good result at the weekend against uh, uh, title contenders Girona. Uh, so Real Madrid are going into this with confidence. They've lost Bellingham for a couple of weeks. Um, but uh, I don't think that's going to really, you know, top them. Uh, you know, it's not really going to affect them. Um, I do expect Real Madrid to get through this tie pretty uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say comfortably, but I, I think they will get through the tie. Um, you know, but RB Leipzig are quite a threat. I'm just kind of looking forward to it because I know how good kind of RB Leipzig are kind of on the counter attack, for example. You know, they've got some really good players kind of going forward. Um, but that's the match uh, from this week's Champions League that I'm most looking forward to. And uh, as you just said, uh. It's always exciting when the Champions League comes back at this time of year because that's when it really starts. And, uh, you know, that's when the Champions League gets really competitive. So, look forward to it, uh, talking about it more in the podcast in the uh, weeks to come. Uh, so, for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah. So, um, Asian football news. Um, so, over the pitch and... Guinness have collaborated um to make football shot to football shots. So the South Korean design studio um recently unveiled two shots as part of a collaboration with Guinness. So inspired by the branding and stylings of um the Irish drink, um the shots feature fifty nine on the back, referencing Guinness being founded in seventeen fifty nine. Both look fantastic um pieces of. <laughs> Football slash streetwear, um, and it'll be interesting to see um how quickly they fly off the shelves in South Korea. But no, they look really, really nice, and it's um be a nice wee piece to get your hands on. So the Japanese football league season kicks off on Saturday, the seventeenth of February, as Vassil Kobe face off against Kawasaki Frontale in the Japanese Super Cup final. So the match will be held at Vassil Kobe's Novia Stadium, Kobe. And the match will kick off at 1.35pm Korean Southern Time. A massive tie which gets us all excited for the G League 1 season which kicks off the, on the following weekend, Friday the 23rd of February. So that's a nice wee thing to get is um, the Asian, basically Japanese and Korean League up and running in the not too distant uh, future. So, Takafusa Kubo has extended his contract with Real Sociedad until 2029. Kubo joined Real Madrid from FC Tokyo in 2019 and transferred to Real Sociedad in the summer of 2022 after being loaned out to Real Mallorca, um, Villarreal and Getafe. The former Barcelona youth player has slotted in well with Real Sociedad, <coughs> scoring nine goals last season, the most by a Japanese player in a single Spanish top flight campaign. Real Sociedad has advanced to round of 16 in the, of the European Champions League this season where they'll face PSG um, and this is what Kubo had to say on, on signing his new deal. My wish is to continue growing hand in hand with this team. So here is your Asian Cup 2023 Qatar um, team of the tournament um, which features Lee Kang-in, 
as a sole representative from South Korea as he was Korea's go-to man um, as they reached the semi-final. There's no players from Japan. Um, and so congratulations to Qatar for winning the Asian Cup on home soil as they are now have back-to-back -back wins of the Asian Cup. So the KFA have already decided uh, and to hold a, hold a meeting amongst technical director Wang Bo Kwan and national team committee chief Michael Muller uh, uh, to discuss Korea's um, Asian Cup campaign. So the decision on Klinsman's future will be with Korea will be made no later than next week. Um, so sacking Klinsman would cost the KFA more than $5 million dollars um, it's it's under consideration at the moment. Um, and Klinsman is already back in the US, which is and also been a, a massive um stumbleblock in his tenure so far. Whereas the fact is, he he doesn't really tend to watch any uh, K League action or reside in Korea as the first team manager. Where he 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 wants to stay mostly in Europe and in the US with his family. So the AFC Champions League round of 16 first legs kicked off tonight um, and the first match that was played was on obviously tonight, Tuesday the 13th of February and that was Shandong Taishan 2, Kawasaki Frontale 3 and then tomorrow night we have two matches on uh, Valentine's Day the 14th of February and that's Jumbo Hyundai Motors versus Pohang Steelers, that's uh, the key league matchup and that's set for 7pm kickoff and then also later on we have Bangkok United versus Yokama F Manors, which is a 9pm kickoff, and I'll be covering that match tomorrow night and have a match report on the Football Trigger website later on uh, tomorrow night. Um, and then round off is on Thursday, the 15th of February. We have Ulsan HDFC, the K League 1 champions against Vent Foru Kofu of G League 2. And that's set for a 7pm kickoff, and yeah. That's exciting times in terms of the Asian Champions League back round of sixteen. Exciting times, first legs, um, and second leg will be a, a um played in a week's time. So yeah, exciting times, and that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce, and thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Football Trigger Podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Trigger YouTube channel also the Football Tribute website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.